0: Dude, just like you pull in and you just get spit right out of them.
1: Well, hello and welcome to another edition of the Carve Up, the El Nino Especial, as we're calling this one. We've got an action-packed show for you this evening. Joining us in our studio, of course, Shooter, welcome, mate. Hello, mate. Good to talk to you. We've got uh, the editor of Tracks, Luke Bubba-Kennedy, joining us also.
2: Always good to be here.
1: From our Angauri News Desk, the one and only Will Webber. Will, how are you, mate? Coming in at loud and clear, I hope, boys. Good to be here. And finally, with the Eddie Cow kicking off tomorrow morning, our special guest, big wave surfer Mark Matthews. Mark, welcome, mate.
0: Thanks, boys. Happy to be here.
1: And let's not forget our old mate, your Uber driver Ryan the Beast Mears.
3: Slash, slash manager. Is there any uh, qu- any, any any questions that are off limits, mate?
0: <laughs> better be careful what comes out,
1: mate. <laughs> Boys, um, look, really excited. It's been six years since the Eddie uh, has been on, and uh, we'll talk a little bit about that later. But first, Mark, we just want to talk to you about your injury. We all know uh, you took a, a bit of a beating at Jaws uh, a couple of weeks ago or a couple of months ago. Now, mate, can
0: you just give us an injury update? Yeah, so it was about eight, ten weeks ago, I think. I'm about seven weeks out of surgery. Still can't move my arm for another month. And then it's another two months of, of rehab before I even look like getting back in the water. So it's a, it's been a long one and it's, it's one of the most painful injuries I've ever done. Just
4: Speaking talk. of long ones, Mark, your right arm still looks to be fine. It's obviously a left arm injury.
0: Yeah, just a left arm injury, mate. Right arm, sweet. Geez, you're on the you're on the ball up there. You're on the ball up there. Oh, it will. <laughs> I've got my worries, mate. <laughs> mate. I know what you're concerned about. now I know.
1: Can you tell us um, a bit of the detail of the injury? I've got some footage here, and what I might do is just play the the footage. It's actually on our carve-up page. But um, talk us through, you know, as you see it the wave itself, the size of it to start with and just explain, you know, with, just go through the detail of what's actually going through your mind here.
0: Mate, if you pause it there, I was like, um, I was sitting out the back and the had just padded out. The event was about to start. So I had no time left to, ha- to catch a wave and I hadn't had one all morning. So I was just freaking out. I was just going to have to paddle in with the tail between my legs. and look like an absolute idiot. <laughs> so I figured whatever wave was coming next, I was going to go. And, um, that monster just popped up, and and it was a really bad direction, like a west bowl for where I was sitting way too deep. But I, I basically had no other choice. I seen Shane Dorian was next to me, and he started paddling for it. So I was like, well, if he's going it, i got to go it.
1: How big are we talking? It's it's giant. I can't even get a gauge on how big a wave like that actually is.
0: I mean, it it was solid. <laughs> I, don't, I don't know. It's, it's in the 30-foot range, I guess.
3: So, Margot... I've watched the wave many times. At what point, like at what point when you're going over, over that 50 foot ledge, did you think I'm in licorice all sorts here? Like, <laughs> I know you're still you're still handling to the to the bottom. You know what I mean? Like the takeoff was unbelievable. At what point did you think I'm gone?
0: Yeah, when I saw the swell line, I thought I, was, I paddled out to it and thought I was going to get what we call a chip shot, like an easy run into it, and and the drop was going to be easy. But then once I had to paddle for too long, I knew that wasn't going to happen. And then I felt the wind like lifting up the nose of my board. And I, I just knew I was in from, a, from, that, from that point. And I just looked. It looked like I was looking off a building. And I basically just saying in the back of my head, just keep my board like under my feet. That's all I, I was trying to do. And as I was free falling, I can clear as day remember hearing like the boys who were in the next heat sitting in the channel just screaming. <laughs> like, And I was like freaking out, just airdropping. And I just like, I didn't even think. I thought from there, just landed somehow, stuck it, rode out. The whole thing started closing out. And I figured the lip was going to hit me in the back like as I was coming down. So I just I jumped out of the way. And as I put my arm in to sort of break the surface of the water, I was just going too fast. And it just ripped my arm straight out. Like instantly as I, I wiped out, and knew my shoulder was gone.
2: Was it hard to recover from underwater with your arm ripped out?
0: Yeah, it was like immediate pain. And it kind of took my mind off being held down for a long time because I was just freaking out about my arm. And I, um, I grabbed it and held onto it as I was getting rolled around. So I didn't have a chance to actually pull the cord of my inflatable suit. Luckily, I filled it up a little bit before I paddled out. So that gave me a bit of buoyancy. So I was pretty comfortable there. But the wave pushed me so deep. And when you get a big wave like that and you fall at the bottom of it, it's kind of like the whole wave that passes over you puts you that 30-foot extra underwater. So it's kind of like you. I was down the bottom, and I had to let go of my arm and let it dangle around to be able to grab the cord and pull it. And um, I was lucky when I came up; I just got one breath before the next wave barreled over the top of my head.
1: <laughs> Mate, just I just want to take you through some footage here of mm. the same wave. At, at this stage, you're free falling. You know, then you kind of gather, you regather your feet, then you get to the bottom, and it looks like you're about to ride out of it. At what stage did you realise you were going to get pumped?
0: Yeah, I, like looking back on this, I wish I had just kept riding out for like two or three seconds longer and it would have taken the majority of the force off the wave. But I just, I thought the lip was chasing me down and going to break on my back and drive me into my board and that's the worst thing you can have happen. So I just jumped like just that bit too early when you're going too fast and that's what does all the damage.
3: How long are we talking the hold downs in these sort of
0: waves? Uh, mate, it's not, it's not really long. Like it's probably... Twenty seconds, twenty-five seconds. Like I uh, but I was just like it would have been a good forty-five not seconds. Long. Yeah. Not long. <laughs> but 20, any average Joe like anyone except for Beastie could <laughs> hold their, can hold their breath for twenty seconds. Yeah. It's not it's not that hard. But um I if I hadn't have got the breath on the way back up, I would have been in trouble. Like yeah. i I was gasping for air when I came up. And I got it as the next wave barreled over the top of me. So that was it. Because that's what
3: point. I was thinking. Like, you're under that long. Like, do you get, have you got some sort of technique? Do you go to a happy place, you know? Like, just to get you through it until you come up, you know? Have you got some sort of way? Like, you're obviously not panicking, but, you know, Yeah,
0: I mean, you're kind of just fighting the panic that's, yeah. that's kind of onsetting. But I just tell myself, like, there's jet skis in the channel. No matter what happens, even if I black out, they're going to come get me. I just got to relax. And then you just got to. I mean, they say they say it all the time, surfers. It's like you got to enjoy the ride after the ride, you know. Like, so you ride the wave, wipe out, and then you have got to enjoy the next ride of when it's rolling you around. But it was so painful, mate. I was just trying not to black out. Underwater. Just
1: uh,
4: um, Mark, I'd like to ask. I don't think you've surfed Nelson Park much in your life, have you? <laughs> no, no, up in but... I'll say that because growing up in Bondi, until you had hair on your balls, <laughs> you'd go to Nelson Park when there was a big south or east swell.
0: That's where you used to hide over. Eh? <laughs>
5: yeah, hey, Nelson, yeah, yeah, yeah.
0: <laughs>
4: until we, you know, until Ben Buckler came on. When you was like mate,
0: 25.
4: <laughs> you had, you had the, nowhere uh, to hide except the seals. Nah. <laughs> mate, you had nowhere to hide except, you know, Lurline Bay. You guys couldn't go around and, I mean, actually hide in Botany Bay. So you guys took on Lurline probably younger than most guys, eh?
0: Yeah, Lurline Bay was kind of the, our go-to big wave spot, and I always joke about this at Cove. I was like, if I didn't you know, find out where ours was, you'd still be surfing Lurline. Bay. <laughs> 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 but it's, um, it's, a, it's one of the best like, sort of proving grounds in Sydney because it, it's so much like Wyamere Bay. It's just a big, fat, steep drop, like a steep drop and then runs fat into a rock sort of bay so the the most dangerous part of
1: it compared to ben buckler come off it you guys never came to the buckle
0: no mate
1: (laughs) just just on the wipeout i remember talking to shane horan once and he was telling about a two-wave hold down he had at jaws you see it pushes you down that deep that it's it's almost dark can you tell us or the listeners a little bit about like what what goes through your mind and what are you seeing when you're underwater have you got your eyes open do you know which way is up which way is down
0: no, well, I usually have my eyes open, not not at the deepest part. When it's super deep and you can feel the pressure on your head, you know it's going to be pitch black anyway. So I've got my eyes sharp. But then as I start to rise to the surface, I'll open my eyes. And then you're just looking for, like, the next wave coming. And also, like, anywhere there's sort of air pockets or movement, like gaps between all the turbulence. Um, and if you can sort of direct anywhere there it'll get you up that little bit quicker.
3: With the vest, like, at what point, like, do you inflate it like if you i mean when that wave was coming down on top of you i mean how are you thinking to inflate your vest i mean you're trying to get it to it before you come off your board or are you wait until you're right underwater to, to get yourself oh, up mate the sooner the, the sooner, the sooner the better, the better. So, you, so even before <laughs> so you break the it.
0: the quicker you inflate it the like the wave doesn't push you as deep so the wipeouts are never as bad but uh yeah i try and inflate it straight away and if my shoulder hadn't come out i would inflate it straight away but um yeah, i got to push that a little bit deeper. Yeah. But it, it, even though, like, once that thing's inflated, you're coming up no matter what, and you can sort of relax at that point as, as good as you can, and it makes all the difference. It's my, it's changed the game of big wave surfing. Yeah, exactly. What
2: but if they, you get hit by the next wave with the inflated vest? Does it keep you too close to the surface, or is it actually that works out fine as well? Yeah,
0: it keeps you close to the surface, and it's it's violent, but you're kind of popping up and getting breaths the whole way as it's rolling you so you're not you can have 20 foot of whitewash coming toward you you only go into water about a meter and then the whitewash will roll over and you shoot straight up to the surface it'll roll you in but you're getting breaths along the way which makes difference.
2: and can you just tell us how you ended up being in the lineup that morning you weren't in the event what went through your head and when you decided well i'm going to jaws anyway
0: yeah i'm not gonna lie i was pissed off about, <laughs> about not being in the event and i was i was a um an alternate for the event and i just figured like th- th- you know the whole world's going to be watching all the event organizers going to be watching all the other surfers like they're the mornings and the moments you kind of got to do something special to get in next year's event so that was in the back of my head and that's kind of why i made the stupid decision to go th- that wave even you know like the position i was in so it probably pushed me a little bit harder than, than if the event wasn't
2: so do you reckon you're going to start next year? Oh
0: mate, fingers crossed. I'm sending beastie over there.
1: <laughs> <laughs> I I think we're going to touch on uh a bit this, about the selections a little bit later on the show, but um I mean it's it's just great to to actually get an insight. You know, I mean, there's no one in this room other than Mark who's ever gonna surf waves that big. And I know talking to people during the week, I've said Mark Matthews has come on the show, those are the questions people want to know. Like, you know, we'll never wear a vest, or how long do people like, how long do you actually stay under? So it's great to get that bit of insight. I mean, shooter, you're heading up the coast next week. Has this kind of elevated elevated you to go bigger and better?
3: Mate, I might take off behind the rocket snapping here. I'll, <laughs>
1: I'll, I'll lend you me, Best,
3: shooter.
0: <laughs> take it up there with hey,
4: you. he will be pulling that thing in the car park. <laughs> <laughs> hey,
0: hey,
4: tell us what's the actual injury to your arm?
0: I uh I dislocated it, broke it, and then Basically tore all the muscles that hold your shoulder together. So all the whinge, rotator cuff. Yeah. <laughs> it's a good excuse to not surf buckler next time it breaks. It? <laughs>
1: all right, well, uh, we're going to take a short break. We come back, we might hop straight into the Eddie like I Cow.
3: And welcome back to the Carve Up. You are with Silky, Shooter, Will Webber and special guests Mark Matthews and Luke Kennedy. Now, uh, boys, we're oh, – on also uh, Mark's Uber driver <laughs> slash bodyguard <laughs> slash manager, Beastie. Now, boys, look, it looks like uh, we're finally going to get the Eddie Our Cow, um event underway tomorrow morning in the early hours. It's been a, a, probably about six or seven years, I think, and I think 2009 since yeah. it last run. Yep. looks like we're going to get a start, boys, and it's a uh, it's a star-studded lineup. up um, You know, just looking through the heats, it looks like it's going to be a big day.
1: Well, let, Luke, why don't you give us the detail because it's not like your average competition where, you know, it's uh – The judging criteria is a bit different, but there's also a bit of a history and a bit of a story behind how you get selected. Give us a bit of the detail, mate. Yeah,
2: the interesting thing about the Eddie event, and Mark will probably have something to say about this too, it's the only peer-voted event in the world. So you're not actually selected based on necessarily contest merit, but you're selected by your surfing peers. Now, what that means is the best 90 guys in the world are told to pick the 28 surfers they think should be in the event, so it's those twenty-eight surfers based on that vote from the ninety who make up so, the final list.
1: So I know you're an alternate on this market. Is there a ranking? So are they twenty-eight a you like number thirty or thirty-two? How does the how does the other rankings for the alternates work?
0: Yeah, I'm not sure exactly how they get the the list of the alternates. I know I'm ranked third this year, so I figured I'd, I'd have a really good shot. Right. They usually get four or five in. But um, that's why I was so spewing yeah. <laughs> that it was actually running. I wasn't going to be there. So looked like Garrett's you, out. Yeah, there's one already. So, I'm
2: And you were actually asked to vote. You would have been asked to vote. You would have been one of the 90 asked to vote for your best 28 surfers.
0: Yeah. Yeah. We get an email. It, like probably four months ago, I got an email and they give you the whole list. And then you a vote You vote for all the guys you think should be in the event and all the guys you think should be alternate to the event. And then I guess they you get accumulation of, of all the votes tallied up. You're I don't it. think it doesn't completely go off the voting every year when it doesn't run because they give you know seniority to the guys who have been in it and the event hasn't run so they stay in it mm-hmm. and then they only alternate a few spots each year unless the event runs.
2: And did you vote for yourself? You're allowed to vote for yourself in that. May, team. Every twenty eight <laughs> times. Twenty eight times.
0: <laughs> I'm the only one I voted for. <laughs>
1: I just look at some of the names like Tommy Carroll surfing, uh, Ross Clark Jones. Yeah, you know, we're talking about blokes almost or in their fifties. No, Ross Clark Jones is 49, Tom Carroll's fifty-four, Clyde Eye Cow, 66 years old. I mean, who would be what, what are you thinking surfing 30 foot ways or, or 50 foot in our in our terms at 66 years of age? It's fucking mental.
3: And I'll be sitting with Beastie with me hush puppy slippers on, smoking my pipe, mate, at 66. Last thing I want to be doing be out there. What, what <laughs> like a,
1: that pipe? Mate, you'll be out there. But I just think it's amazing that the, these watermen. I mean, Dave Wassel, one of our favourites on the carve-up, you know, for his commentary skills. But, you know, he, I know he's a lifeguard over there. He must be uh, pretty well regarded to get a start as well.
0: Yeah, for sure. He's a hes a solid entrant like every year. He's always going to be on there.
1: One, one that does stand I'd out. I'd love to we... see him mic'd up so he could commentate. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> like, that
2: would be good. Be
1: one that famous. stands out, uh, we were talking off air, Jeremy Flores. Luke, how, how do you get a Guernsey?
2: Well, I... Th- Quicksilver also get to nominate an international wild card, so they haven't said they don't necessarily state who that is, but you'd assume that Jeremy would be there in one of the international wild cards. So they also have, and within that, it's quite complicated, but they've got to have a represent a representative from all three regions: from the European region, from the Americas, and from the Asia Pacific. So, who would also qualify as the surfer that has to represent that European region in the event?
3: Mate, favourites, Mark, like I'm, I'm looking at, uh, there's sort of a young, a young brigade and an older brigade, you know, like who can you sort of see uh, dominate? You've got your John Johns and your, your Makua's. you know, in the younger crew, and then you've got your your tried and true, like your Greg Longs, you know, and and Kalar and that, like who can you see sort of dominating out at Waimoo? Is it a, sort of a different, different conditions? Can you be can you be a specialist at Waimea? Yeah,
0: mate. I've been trying to figure this out the last couple of days since the betting odds went up on top sports. So <laughs> there's some good odds on there too. You're giving a GoPro but, away on your website, aren't <laughs> <hey>? you? <Yeah. laughs> I, I was trying to get some help off off my followers to see if I could get some advice. But mate, I reckon the young guns are gonna dominate this year. I um John John to me is definitely a favorite. Um,
2: what about inside bowler, at Jaws, man? Alby Leia? Yeah, he's a bit of a surprise yeah. package.
0: Yeah, I I would think that for sure. But the only reason I w- I I didn't I tip on him is because he hasn't surfed out there. That's the only reason. And as as much as it looks like it's a lineup that would be easy to read, it's actually pretty tricky to to line up where you can make the drop easy, but actually get around like the whitewash when it when it detonates behind you. So guys that have surfed it before a lot are gonna have the edge, and. The times I've seen guys like John John out there, Jamie O'Brien out there, um, Slater, of course, like they're pretty phenomenal. Aaron Bruce. Gold's another one who kind of grew up surfing there, and he's coming off the back of Ryan pretty much the biggest wave in history, so he's going to be full of confidence as well. So.
3: you got Bruce there as well. He's yeah, a well, past Bruce champion. Is a, Bruce won yeah, yeah.
0: Yeah. Yeah. it. I wouldn't have picked Bruce like last year the year before, but the performance he's putting, he looks like he's fit as a fiddle again. So, yeah, he's hey. another one.
4: Cooper, we might have to make an award for the uh, the goose pick of the year. <laughs> Albie Leia, remember how he was stuck <laughs> <picked laughs> in here? Mate, now the guy's got second to jawas, and <laughs> I, if he takes this out, we're going to have to, like, I don't
1: know, take yeah. him out to a Chinese meal. We, we, we were bagging him after he won first Called prize. him a wave, wave pool specialist. wave pool specialist. Who is this kid? No, what about the Aussies, worry. mate? Jamie, uh, Jamie Mitchell, I know he loves the big stuff. He spends a fair bit of time over there. Well, is there a chance of taking it taking it out?
0: Yeah, Jamie's one of those guys. When you're in the lineup with him, no matter what comes through, he's going to take off. Like there's a handful of guys that are like like these that man doesn't matter what come through, he's having a crack at it. But I think with the way Wyomere is, the fact that guys are probably be wearing the new Quicksilver vest, like the inflatable vest as well, it's going to take a lot of the danger out of it and the fear factor out of it. Wow. So where Jamie's going to get his edge? That get the biggest waves that no one really wants. I don't think there'll be a wave that comes through tomorrow that everyone in that in the event really wants. You know, so it's going to come down to guys who are really good technically, guys like Slater, John, John, Jamie. That's my that's my thoughts. Too. So when
2: you say they're really good technically, what I guess you're implying is is that they can take off deep under the lip, probably even hunt the barrel at Waimea to really differentiate themselves.
0: Yeah. Well, you saw Slater in the last Eddie that ran, like, pull into that yeah, barrel. I think yeah. it's going to come down to stuff like that. It's going to win it. And and even and packing the shore break, I think, is going to be another big part of it. I'm not sure what the judges think of that, but it's going to be the most entertaining factor tomorrow. And I guarantee you guys like Jamie will be pulling into the shore break.
1: Guys like Greg Long and Twiggy Baker, and if there's a couple others that stand out at Justin Myers, they seem to sit out there and wait and wait and wait for the for the big ones. Is what you're saying that it won't matter tomorrow? It's just they're all just going to be charging because I know there's no drop in rule in the in the eddy, So, you know, you can have four or potentially seven guys on one wave. Does that kind of stuff playing into it as well.
0: Yeah, it is like it's it's a really small takeoff zone to have six guys or you know, is it six or seven guys in the lineup at once? But the thing is, you only have to be two foot out of position and you won't be able to get on the wave. So it factors into it, but the guys know that if they do drop in, like it limits what they can score on that wave. So you do want to be deep, but it's it's kind of that thing where guys will go and sit way too deep and they're not going to get around the whitewash, so they're not going to get a score. So... That's where you you should be dropping in if you if you're a bit wider. There's all like tiny little nuances that that'll come into factor. Yeah, I haven't right.
2: looked at the direction, but if it's if it's real north, it's going to swing around from deep, and if it's west, that's when you get the bigger ones coming in from sort of out wide in the bay. Have you had have you had a look at the direction? Do you know what whether we're going west, northwest, or if it's? Uh...
0: I think it's northwest. So it's a pretty good combination. Like it's it's pretty perfect. It won't be too north where it's like sort of fat point break. It's still going to have that west. Bowl and well, big If you want to talk off.
4: about the difference in slow direction, would you change board length and how thick and long yeah. are your boards
0: Yeah. I, a break I, like that? I think like, the guys in the earlier heat are going to have to deal with it being a whole lot smaller, and you will be riding smaller boards to take off on that really sucky uh, bowl part of the wave. And yeah. then you're looking at anywhere from eight foot, like probably to nine, six, nine, eight max. But then as it gets huge and you get big closeout sets, the drop actually gets way easier, and you can ride huge boards and sit way further outside. Are they quad fins? What are they? What,
1: what's the setup on these monster things?
0: Um, yeah, a, a mixed bag. I'd, I'd wear, I'd ride three fins out there, yeah. but a lot of guys do ride quads. But you just re, you need to come off the bottom to be able to get around the whitewash to get the score.
1: Because so. that that uh, jaws event, Albie Lay was riding like a seven six, or so he's riding,
0: and it was
3: and sitting right on the yeah, inside, sitting
0: on the inside. But it
1: was you could actually tell that the board he was riding. Was a lot shorter, and he was turning like he was getting those high lines into the barrel. So, it's interesting to see if he kind of uses that same kind of
2: tactic uh, in this
1: event.
4: Is it surprising they're not bringing Shane Horan back with the five eight uh, lasers app this year? <laughs> the,
2: the famous Waimea drop, uh, hot, totally the Shortest board sport. Ever. <laughs> well, Slater won't be much longer than that. I don't reckon. There I reckon go, he'll, be yeah. on a, he'll be on about a seven eight at most, probably.
0: Yeah, it'll be interesting. He he looked like he had a decent sized board during in the last couple as well, so. I, I, I but he's in the first heat, and if it's small, they're going to have to write something different
1: to get under that. So let's get a tip, boys. we we'll start with you, Will. Who's going to win it? Um, uh, Kelly Slater on a banana board.
3: Shooter? I'm going the young brigade, mate. John, John.
2: Luke? Yeah, he's my pick too.
1: Beast, you get a pick, mate. Jamie Mitchell. Jamie Mitchell going for the Aussies. What about you, Mark? i got Jamie O. I'm
2: going to say Shane Dorian. So there you go. Watch out for Mark Healy on the left. Mark yeah. loves a Wymere left. i All I'm right, a
4: Japanese guy. That sounds like a, either some heart surgery or a dish. Takanaka Wakita. <laughs> Wakita. What do we know Taki about Mickey. him, mate?
2: He's
0: the he's only the pipeline specialist. Yeah. Like yeah. Absolutely. Oh, oh. Legend at pipeline. Um, he'll, he's he'll go, yeah. a goofy footer though, so he'll be struggling. Him, oh, he's going go left. Go. Left's the new way to go. Yeah. <laughs> <With> <laughs> he a might, yeah, yeah. Park line straight in the rocks.
1: All right, well, that's a pretty comprehensive look at the, uh, the Eddie Cow. Let's take a short break and we'll come straight back.
3: And welcome back to the carve-up. Now, we're having a massive El Nino season everywhere around the world at the moment. There's just been waves pumping everywhere, big waves. Hawaii's just been lighting up all season, boys. We've had the um, big wave challenge at Jaws. Uh, we're about to get Wymere underway. We've just uh, had the Vulcan Pro uh, wrap up over there at Pipeline, won by the master himself, Kelly Slater. And i uh, like they get a little shout-out to Bronny's own Tom Whittaker who made the semi-finals. Um, got a doozy of a wave in the semi in 8.5, only needed a one because I think one of the blokes in his heat had an interference. Interference, yeah. But, uh, I don't know, Luke, I want to sort of ask you this. Like Tom's – I mean, you've probably followed Tommy's career. Um, he was sort of just renowned for getting in heats and either getting one really good wave and then just sitting and waiting. He could sometimes be that frustrating to watch. He'd just sit out there and wait his whole heat for a wave that never came. You yeah, know? I
2: think he did it one year at Snapper. He was yeah. either in a final or a semi and and, and almost didn't catch a wave. Yeah. No, I mean, that was a, it was a real kind of a, a make or break sort of tactic that he, he relied on. It. At times, it would have served him really well. And I guess he sort of made the decision that perhaps he's a, a, a great surfer that maybe didn't have as much progressive flair as some of his competitors. So his angle was, I've just got to get the best wave.
3: Yeah, well, he got the best wave on the in his semi-final. It was just such a shame he couldn't get another one.
1: The, the, the waves itself during the event, it was flawless. I mean, that, that 10 Jamie O'Brien got in, like, the quarters or something like that. And I think it was Liam, um, Liam McNamara's son, Mac- Mackay McNamara, he was uh, he was doing some pretty crazy things After too. the interference. Will, yeah, he I, got I, a 10.
2: He got, got through on a 10, uh, one way. I will say, just looking at Tommy Whittaker, um it would have been great to see a lot of the other young Australians in the event. I don't know why they don't make the effort to do it. If you're going to get it, perhaps they're blocked. Jack Robinson surfed, didn't he? Yeah, but he's not going to be on the CT yeah. next year. If I was one of the young Australians who was going to be on the CT, I would see it as an excellent opportunity to get some water time at Pipe. A lot of the other CT guys, Kelly's still doing it. You, you basically, that's, that's as good as Pipe gets, you're, getting, you're going to be surfing there at the end of the year. Yeah, if, you, if, you,
0: if your career comes down or at the end of year where you got to requalify, you have got to make two or three heats to stay on tour, they're going to be wishing they did it.
2: That's what I mean. I mean, you've—I think you've surfed—you've surfed in a couple of events there, and I guess the most valuable thing is being able to second surf. and a third. <laughs> Good. Back to back finals. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> just a case later, well,
0: let's not forget that massive 10-point uh, ride.
3: No, let's, it market, let's, yeah.
2: let's slip we that can one talk in. about and... this <laughs> yeah.
3: I was waiting for that to come into play.
2: But I guess how invaluable is it? You, you've surfed pipe as well, not in a contest, and there's 400 just heaving alpha males out there. At least in a contest, you can actually kind of get away.
0: Yeah, mate. You learn more in 25 minutes out there than you do in a tie season at pipe. It's it's the perfect like proving ground for those young guys, and like you, I'm surprised they didn't go and do it. Maybe
2: maybe it's a, this politics is a difficult event to get into, but I would recommend that in future, as many young Australians do that event as they can.
0: Yeah, and even the guys that just qualified for sure, you would be doing it. But I guess in the back of their mind, then they're thinking about injury as well. Like they just made the CT, they don't want to go and get injured. You know,
2: we yeah, have just big true. shots come around. So. It's easy to say after it was perfect, I guess off, yeah. off the back
1: too, boys. Uh, quite a few injuries by uh, a few surfers, notably Owen Wright. I still think he's having a few issues with his... What, what would you call it, like a concussion or a seizures or something? You give well, us a bit of detail expl- there.
2: They explained the original injury as being like um, shaken baby syndrome. So that's what they assumed had happened is his uh, brain had rattled against his skull. So he walked himself out of the water after the pipe wipeout, appeared to be fine, then just said he felt sleepy, he went to sleep, which is you know, not supposed to do when you're in sort of a, a possible state of being unconscious. Uh, When he woke up, he could barely move and barely talk. And then for the next few days, he was in a really, obviously had to go to hospital. And then I spoke to his brother in Hawaii, and he had suffered a couple of seizures. So I haven't heard the the most recent update on Owen's uh, Owen's sort of health. But uh, look, you know, we wish him all the best, and we hope that he is actually fit and ready for next year, but not confirmed as yet. If
1: if he doesn't make it to round, is it Wade Carmichael? Would he be the next guy in?
2: No, it's it's. I think you're, you're looking at Adam Melling and Stu Kennedy. The way it, right. I think they're the two most likely to step up. The way it works with some of the injury wildcards, I think they take one from the QS jumps up possibly, and then one of the CT guys who was missing out comes back in.
3: A couple of bad injuries at Pipeline this year. I've seen, um, obviously Evan Giesemann's you know, non-fatal drowning. But Mark, I've seen you do an interview uh, you with Kai Otten not long ago, and he said after that. Sort of thing. It rattled him so much that he didn't really want to, you know. He didn't really. He was a bit reluctant to go and surf pipe in the pipe event at the end of the year. So, just a question for you: Like, how do you, you know, after got falling over the ledge of a fifty footer like you did, how do you sort of regroup? You know, like like he um Kai said he was really rattled, you know, and it took him a bit. But how do you regroup? You know, after taking a a really bad wipe out or even seeing, you know, some of your mates like, yeah, man, mate, it, it is you
0: know? tough. Like when I see that type of stuff, it's it's really scary, and um, i I know. If, Coming back after this injury is going to be really tough. It's going to be. It'll take me, you know, a, Dism- few, a few months to sort of ease, ease back into it. it. Yeah. Just like for the fear of re-injuring, or you know, like doing something else that's going to keep me out of the water. When you're out of the water for six months, you just you don't want to do something as soon as you come back. So so
3: come back <laughs> through the low line, eh? Low, low. <laughs> <laughs> I might have to surf buckler for a while.
0: No, no, can't
4: injure yourself practice, out there. And I loved because I watched the Super Bowl the other day, and they one of the American commentators expressed that. You falling down was like um, the Celtics against some other team in the the fourth quarter of the seventh and nine down. I don't understand what the hell that means. Neither do we. (laughs) It it means something to an American, I'll tell you that. But what's it like between all these breaks? I mean, from Jaws to the right to to Cyclops, if you're coming back, and now to use another uh, analogy or whatever, uh, against boxing, you want to come back against lesser boxer? Which joint would you come back against in the whole bloody world?
0: Uh, I get it depends where you do your injury. If you do your injury in a really shallow wave like pipe, you'll be dodging shallow slabby yep. waves. I, I did mine at Jaws in like a big open ocean type wave, and it was more of a like an impact sort of velocity of the water. So, like probably coming back and surfing hours, ship and stuff won't be as bad. But going back to Jaws and and paddling huge waves again and and mavericks will be a little bit scary like falling sort of in the same spot so just i think it depends where you do your injury what type of wave. if if you
1: had if you had to pick one what is the most dangerous wave like we've written a couple on the board you got chopu the right ship sterns jaws mavericks there might be another one but you personally what do you find the most challenging wave like in the in the big stuff
0: i I still reckon pipes the most dangerous yeah right yeah just because it's not it's not a perfect wave like it looks perfect but the the, wow. peak, the peaks shift everywhere and and the reef it's super shallow in parts and it's really uneven so that all those little factors and then you get the crowd on top of that and so that pushes you to take waves that you you would never take and so all those factors just i, I reckon year in year out it's always going to be the most dangerous way now um,
3: was... chope still looks heaviest to me when you see those big code red swells mate that's Nothing looks more daunting than Chopes, you know. I don't yeah. know what the hold downs or the or the hitting the reef is compared to Pipe. You know,
0: jo- yeah, Chopes is is it's it's probably is more powerful and shallower, but the thing is when you're paddling into a wave, you know, I just got to make the drop and this wave's going to be perfect. Right. So you don't yeah. know that at Pipe, so anything can kind of happen at Pipe.
4: Hey Mark, speaking of lefts, have you heard of that what is it Moligatoni over in Ireland?
0: Yeah, I've seen it isn't it? Mulligmore it's like a massive version of uh voodoo. <laughs> yeah. oh, how is cold.
4: Do, you, do you ever think you're going over there?
0: I'd love to go to Ireland and surf. i I'd I'd probably dodge that wave. I don't like big waves like that on me on my back end that kinda of pinch <laughs> at the end. But I know there's a <laughs> right that kind of breaks a lot like I'd probably be chasing the right now.
1: What about Nazar or Nazare or Nazare, whatever however they say? Have you had a chance to surf in that yet?
0: Nah, I was. That was my focus for this year, or one of the focuses, along with the El Nino in Hawaii. I had a. a we bought a ski, me and Ross Clark Jones together. So he was just ringing me every second week, just saying, "This next swell going to be amazing. Like, get ready to go. Get ready to go." He did about five weeks in a row, <laughs> to the point he just stressed me out that much. I was <laughs> like. I don't want to go there and surf with there anymore. Hey,
4: Mark, I really want to ask you, how do you rate between verticality and size? You know that like Nazaire looks enormous, but if you look at side on it looks like a big fat monster. I mean, you wouldn't want to go body surfing there. And then other places are more scary at fifteen foot, say. What what do you reckon is the the middle range, heaviest place? Say say for towing and then maybe for paddling.
0: Um, yeah, like just looking at Nazelle, I haven't surfed it before, so I can't say exactly. But to me, yep. it does look like a fat burger, yeah. basically. But from everyone I've spoken to and like the mo- most legitimate big wave surfers, they find it one of the scariest waves on the planet. For sure. So. so I think just that fact, like it is so big and the fact that it doesn't break in the same spot all the time, it's like shifting peaks. Yep. Is would be pretty terrifying. You could never, so, pa- you could
3: never paddle it, could you? Yeah, no, no. way.
0: Uh, I mean, guys, paddle, but not at that monster yeah. of size. I don't no think. Way. Not unless you jumped off the back of the ski right in the perfect spot in front of in front of one and and rolled in. But
1: mate, uh, another thing we want to just have a chat to you about is the photography stuff that you've been doing. I think you're starting to get involved with the 360 cameras and that. Now, what possesses you to take off behind a mate on a potential closeout at 25 foot? To, to get, you know, to get the money shot. Like, what, the money, what, what, basically. Money. <laughs> <laughs> but, mate, what, what possessed you? I remember uh, Laurent Peugeot was doing a lot of that stuff, but obviously not in giant ways like you're doing over there in WA. What, what's happening with that?
0: Well, mate, I got lumbered into that because Laurent was supposed to shoot me at the right, right. and then he, he didn't want to come over. So I had to be, be the photographer and then they, they grabbed Taj to, to surf. So, I mean, it, it's amazing, like, To capture, like, we we had the goal of capturing the best surf photo ever taken. So if I had done that and and could have had that on my wall and said, I just took one of the best surf photos ever, it would have been pretty amazing. It didn't go to plan, but it would have been good if it did. Will you do more of it? Yeah, for sure. Uh, There's actually a young kid down the south coast, uh, Leroy Bellet. Bellet, Yeah, Leroy Bellet, yeah. Yeah, Leroy Bellet. And he's amazing at it. And he emailed me the other day and he's psyched to come and do it with me and, and actually shoot me doing it. So what, I don't have to hold the camera anymore. What would that
1: know? be worth, Luke? Is it, what's a cover on tracks like, you know, uh, something like that? You can't reveal? Can't, you can't, reveal? can't <laughs> disclose
2: these details. I will say young Leroy Bell, a pretty confident young photographer. He kind of sends you the pitch with the assumption that his shot will be on the cover. He's, yeah. Uh, he's I mean, if I was getting
0: shots like <laughs> he was, I'd <that'd> be doing it. <laughs> no. Yeah. 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 He, he's getting some pretty amazing yeah.
1: stuff. But the stuff that's happening, like I've seen the footage of uh, CJ at Chope with the, the Samsung 360 camera. And I, I know you've done some stuff as well. I saw it on your website where you're doing a talk and you're moving the, the, the vision around so you can get all the different angles. It, it's just, it's fucking phenomenal that the technology these days, it, You'll never surf waves that big, but it actually feels like you're, you're actually involved or you're actually in it.
2: It is pretty good, but I'd actually like to back it up a little bit and talk about a shot that Mark featured in that's probably one of the best surf shots ever taken, particularly uh, on a, on a skill level and a, on a human endeavor level. That was uh, Russell Lord's shot of you at the right that was also on the cover of tracks. Now, it's probably not as easy to appreciate it, but to get as close as he did to A wave of that magnitude, where you can see in, in one end and out the other, was pretty phenomenal. Yeah,
0: that's the thing. I mean, technology's going leaps and bounds, but and then there's guys like Russell Ord who are taking like the traditional photography leaps and bounds as well. Like to swim in that close to the right would be terrifying. Like, not just because the waves are that big and powerful, but there's so many sharks swimming around oh, no, out bro. there. <laughs> I can't believe he does it. I, like, I, yeah. I look for him every time i wait waiting out the back. I'm like, is Russell still there? <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, hey,
4: Mark, we, we've talked about that. Okay, we've got that. We've got the photography, the, the, the buoyancy vests. We've talked about the boards. But you personally, we've talked about your arm getting and how you're going to fix that up. What do you do, like your breathing techniques and stuff that I hear you do up on the Gold Coast?
0: Yeah, that that's probably the most beneficial training you can do for, for big wave surfing. It's it's like Nam Baldwin, a trainer up there, the guy who trains Mick Fanny, he does BET or breath enhancement training. And it's a mixture of, of free diving techniques just uh teaches you to be able to cope with like being underwater for long periods of time teaches you how to relax so that when you get held down you you've been down in the pool for 2 3 minutes like rolling around wrestling using energy that it just makes all the wipeouts feel so much more comfortable and you just don't panic so it's uh it's by far the most beneficial training you can do. I saw
3: some footage of it. It's just when you just when you've been rolling around, you're coming to the surface, someone grabs you and pulls you back down again.
0: Yeah, as <laughs> much as much as they can simulate a real yeah. wipeout and sort of catch you off guard so you don't know exactly what's gonna happen down there.
4: Yeah, it was about the training. What I was surprised when I spoke to you a few years ago was about was it how long you can hold your breaths, but it's about what you can do when your breath's out.
0: Yeah, to like what I would imagine is is just that panic factor is is night and day. Like, if you can't emulate what you're doing in the pool in a scary situation, it doesn't matter how fit you are, you know, like, how much training you be doing. If you can't deal with the scary situation and not panic, then it it just doesn't matter. Like, all those things help with that, but some guys will train all their lives, no matter what, but then in the moment, they'll they'll still panic, and then just, it goes out the window. I was
1: going to say, surely adrenaline plays a part in all this. Like, just paddling out in monster swells, your, your heart rate will be elevated. So you, your body's under pressure without even catching a wave.
0: Yeah, and that's why the 20-second the hold downs seem like minutes on, on end. is just because you've got that adrenaline. Your heart rate's going fast. And then, you know, when you do wipe out, you just got to try and slow that heart rate down by relaxing as much as you can.
4: Hey, Mark, whose wipe out was worse, yours or
0: Garrett's? Um, I think his injury was worse <laughs> from what I heard. <laughs> his looked horrific. He <laughs> looked oh, horrendous. <laughs> horrific. And like that freezing cold water, uh, yeah, his one looked really bad. And from what I heard that his actual injury and the way the yeah, surgery it's... went was even worse. Sure.
3: Is there a big wave out there we haven't found yet?
0: Yeah. Um I, I don't have any specifically on my radar. I'll, I'm sure maybe down the bottom of South America, Ch- off Chile somewhere, would be huge. I know photographer Ted Grambo has got a couple of spots up his sleeve, sort of in the middle of the Pacific, and um, just hard to access, and and the sort of places that get huge swells but don't get clean clean winds and stuff. But yeah. I don't know if you're going to find anywhere much better than better than Jaws. Like it's the pinnacle. I think it
2: also comes down to what you define as a wave. I, I was just, I uh, probably shouldn't talk about it, but I was just in Kauai flying over in the chopper, looked down on like a 15 to 20 foot day and there's Laird on the hydrofoil just cruising on an open ocean swell. So, you know, I think he, you don't hear much from Laird these days and he's kind of a bit of a, a, a mysterious figure. I'm not even sure what his big wave surfing peers think of him these days, but I think you'll find that Laird's out there trying to hunt down kind of the big open ocean Swell. swell.
3: Yeah, welcome back to the carve-up. Look, this El Nino edition, we've certainly covered a few, uh, you know, a few big wave spots, some competitions, and we've got our phone ringing at the moment, and I think it's the one and only Chud Spivens, who could be at the uh, the spot we haven't found yet. Chad, you there, mate?
5: Yeah, guys, and... Damn right, boys. Nice to hear all the guys in there. Hey, Chalky, how you doing? I'll send you some calcium. Yes, some John. some Some mag, dude. Man, I'll send you that calcium, magnesium. I grind it up with lime shells. Being in Papua New Guinea, you're going to be sweet as a nut. Man, you know what? This surfing thing's taking off so crazy, what the guys doing with the paddling. They dropped the rope. They, they're not even, you know, soon they're not paddling. You know why they're not paddling? Because of me, because I'm not paddling. I'm surfing under the waves. And you know what? Someone alluded recently, they saw that Laird Hamilton flying around Kauai. That wasn't on the hydrofoil. I was the fin man. I have become the fin. Man, I've got Laird. I've got my hand up. He's kiteboarding. I'm holding on to his Achilles heel. Man, I'm a human lure. And man, I can do anything. You give me spirulina and I can't stop this stuff. So don't tell me the freak out stuff about the injuries and the worries and the pleasures of young men and Japanese surfers taking on the sport. You tell me about surfing, I'll take you to the center of the earth, man. I need snack Let's take it. How are you guys being? <laughs> I'm
3: speechless. <laughs> Chad, word out there is, mate, that you don't know, uh, use a vest, mate, in the big stuff. Uh, can you give us any insight on that, mate? And what are your techniques for, uh, for the wipeouts?
5: I think I heard something there. Some strange is burbling some stuff out. Something about wipeouts. Man, I ain't got time for wipeouts. I'm totally wiped out. Man, we got the WSL coming up, we got the Wassel. Man, I'm getting massaged by Dave Wassel as we speak. Had the kid in a sauna for a week. Guy couldn't speak. And now when he comes out, the guy just waffles on. Man, look, I'm just trying to get totally erect, lubed up. I'm doing my breathing techniques. i got a pack of Winnie Golds getting sent over. I hear that's what they smoke in the He's out there. But, you know, Papua New Guinea was pretty mad. And I'm ready, man, to see you guys on the Gold Coast and bring this thing on.
1: Oh, well, Chad, we cannot wait. You know the first comp? Uh, I think it's early March this year, and, mate, we look forward to seeing you. Not sure how you're going to make your way over, probably send a paddleboard, but nonetheless, we look forward to catching up with you on the Gold Coast in a couple of months' time.
5: Yeah, man. As long as i have those new plastic shark nets on those stupid smart lines out yeah, for me, those drum lines, man, this kill make it. Uh, I go aquatic. I go aquatic in and out of the plane. You know what I think about, Panzer? Take it right hand, left hand. And I
1: hope your right hand's good there, Marky Mark. Well, there you go, the one and only Chad Spivens. Welcome back. You're on the carve-up. And what a great show it's been, boys. You know, Getting some great insights into the minds of one of the world's preeminent big wave surfers, Mark Matthews. Mark, obviously,
0: uh, you're still a few months out of the water, mate. What have you got planned? Just lots of rehab, mate. Trying to get back in the water as quick as I can. Uh... We've got Rebel K Fear running again this year, and the waiting period's supposed to start mid-April. So, fingers crossed, I can get back to there. Doctors are saying I won't be back till the end of May, but hopefully, I can I can make it. And I don't actually miss the event.
1: Do you? Is that your invite only, or you know, do you get to choose who comes in that? How's How's it work just with the competitors on that one?
0: I, I get to nominate the local surfers that yep. I want to see in there, and then it's it's a sort of combined effort to pick the the internationals.
1: And the window April to
0: when did you say? Uh, it'll be April till the end of August. I oh,
1: think. wow! So it's a bit longer then.
0: Yeah, we do. We're just giving it every chance to run. Yeah. It, it's there's been a couple of swells right now in summer, so it can it can sort of happen any time of year. And with this El, El Nino pattern, who knows what we're going to get?
2: What about the uh, the pool king, come Jaws inside specialist Leo Is he likely to kind <laughs> of uh, get an invite to uh, the hours event?
0: Yeah, he'll definitely be on there for sure. I, I can't wait to see him out there. Another one I, I, I'm looking to try and get in the event is Nathan Florence after his performances at Chopu. Like, that's slab specialist riding. That's showed t- up his brother it in the, the movie, yeah. Yeah, taking it to the next level. So I'd love to get him in there as well.
1: And what about you, Luke, mate? Tracks latest editions ep- uh, out now?
2: What's on the um, – we know Mark's on the cover. Mark's on the cover. It's the uh, the full Hawaiian issue. Yeah, a couple of good stories. Probably my favourite was my run-in with uh, – infamous North Shore enforcer, Kaibor Garcia. Worked out well in the end, but uh, the moral of the story is, in Hawaii, always say hello. Is that <laughs> right? That's right. All right, Now, uh, Shooter,
1: mate, thanks for joining us once again, mate. You're uh, up the coast to catch a few waves yourself.
3: Yeah, mate, I'm going up to uh, Coffs Harbour and uh, stopping there for a few days and then heading up to the Gold Coast for a week. So uh, hopefully there's going to be a bit of swell running. Pretty good.
1: Well, you've been listening to Carve Up, another great episode, boys. We'll be back in a fortnight. Till then, bye for now.
0: dude just like you pull in and you just get spit right out of them